Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and mentor, Annie Gisharu. Annie is a founder of Uplifting Studios, a platform dedicated to supporting online business owners to build culturally and racially diverse, inclusive and equitable businesses. Annie has become a leading diversity, equity and inclusion coach and consultant for online entrepreneurs most notable of which is her partnership with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she supports trainees and coaches. She is deeply passionate about representation through a racial justice lens and combines her experience as an internationally certified life coach, her love of storytelling and her extensive career as a human resource specialist to deliver Represented, a transformational online program which has been described as a must for all business owners who are ready to build a culturally and racially diverse, inclusive and equitable business. Annie's grace, gentle spirit and passion for a racially equitable world is setting her apart in the coaching and personal development industry as a compassionate educator with an incredible space holding ability. Annie has called Australia home for more than 20 years, having relocated from Kenya as an international student. She now lives in New South Wales with her husband and her two young children. Today, we are chatting about how you can create a racially inclusive business. And I just know that you're going to get so much from this conversation with Annie. So let's dive in. So Annie, I am so grateful to have you on the show today because I just know my listeners and community are going to get so much from what you have to share. So to start us off, you know, we're obviously talking on the topic of having a racially inclusive business, but I would love to know in your words, because you always explain everything so eloquently, what does having a racially inclusive business mean to you? Like what, how do you define it? Mm. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Rach. I love you and love what you do. So just such a a privilege to be here today. Thank you. When it comes to racial equity and, you know, having a racially inclusive business, it means being able to serve people who are Black, Brown, Indigenous and people of colour. So as somebody who is potentially a white person, you and the and the, the, the women, the predominantly the women entrepreneurs that I support, they come to me because they are only attracting and serving people who look like them and who sound like them and wanting to do better, wanting to serve a collective of, of people from different backgrounds, but just do not know how to do that. And so when it comes to racial equity, you know, is really being able to serve people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, really, um, from a race perspective. They come from, you know, they are Black, they are Brown, they're Indigenous, they're people of colour. And 
being intentionally inclusive. And in many ways, it really does work to your advantage as a business owner because you're able to tap into other networks that you may not have known about. And this could be ideal clients who are ready to pay you for your services so that they can get better in whatever area that they are hoping to improve. So it is such a a missed opportunity I often find. I love that you bring up the missed opportunity because it's something that I've definitely noticed in my own experience and with my community, because I think a lot of us, which we'll get into later, are trying to be more inclusive and not knowing how to do it. And we know that there's an opportunity there, but not knowing how to navigate it. And I think for a while there, when we heard, you know, DEI, it was very tokenistic, like we've heard a lot in the corporate world. But now I think we're realizing it's it shouldn't be tokenistic and it actually makes sense from a business perspective. And one thing that I love that you said was this term equity. So something that I loved about your program represented is that obviously it helped me define and put to words so many of the topics, thoughts and feelings that I was having. But one that really stood out to me and I love the way that you expressed that is that we should actually be working towards equity, not equality. So would you mind defining for us the difference between equality and equity and why in your definition as well, you use the word equity? Absolutely. Love to do that. So the difference between equity and equality is equity is addressing people's needs from where they're at. So what opportunities are they missing or what access do they need? And it's based on their individual circumstances. And it's all about leveling the playing field based on individual circumstances. Whereas equality is really trying to treat everyone the same. When you think about, you know, gender equality, women wanting to be treated the same as men, which is a great thing. We want people to have equal or the same access. But the thing is, when you bring equality into the picture, we are not all the same. We have different needs. We have different setbacks and challenges. And when those things are not addressed and we try and treat everybody the same, it just doesn't work. And this is where equity comes into play. Equity really tries to level the playing field for everyone so that we can get um, a fair access. So for when you think of perhaps a woman who is trying to climb up the corporate ladder, but she is potentially a mom or she cares, you know, she's a primary caregiver. Maybe she's caring for aging parents or somebody who is unwell. The time she spends in the office, the time she has to dedicate to her work might be quite different to her male counterpart who's potentially able to be, uh, you know, dedicate those eight, 10 hours at work, whereas she's got to split her time given the the different circumstances that she has to face. And so when you bring equity into play is saying, okay, what can we do to ensure that she is well supported? What um, child care support might she need and might we need to take um, that into account? What kind of flexible working hours can we give her so that she's best able to attend to that? And um, she's able to show up 
in, in a different way, but still contribute in an impactful way. That's equity. And I think that's really what we need if we're going to move the dial forward. I love that definition. And thank you so much for using that example, because I think it's one that we can all relate to. And do you think perhaps we also, as small business owners, that's predominantly who's listening to this episode, need to also be thinking about how we can create more equity in our small businesses? Because I think some of the conversation, you know, while you brought up, rightly so, like it's a missed opportunity, and I said it's been quite tokenistic. Do you think Mm -hmm. it is because we're focusing on equality and not equity and therefore not thinking about how we can be more supportive? Like you said, understanding someone's circumstances, Mm. hearing and seeing them, then putting things in place. Like, do you think that we also need to be doing that in small business? And perhaps how can we do that? A hundred percent, we need to be doing this in our small businesses. For example, when I think of uh, group programs, masterminds, where we bring everybody together and everybody is potentially treated equally. But if you have Black, Indigenous and people of colour in that cohort, in that group, they may have unique circumstances, unique barriers and challenges that they are facing that are not helping them perhaps show up in their businesses the same way as their white peers are. They're having to deal with many, many other barriers that get in the way due to the colour of their skin, due to the kind of world that we live in where for them, theirs is a very different story. And so if we come into these containers, treating everybody the same and not giving them the individual supports, equity here, the individual supports that they need to really rise up, then it becomes it becomes really difficult and you don't quite see those results. Even when it comes to scholarship programs, you know, they've been so generously put out there, but not really understanding what does it take to create a number one, uh, a safe space or a brave space. And how can that be a successful program? Not just for you as a person who has created that in a bid to provide some form of uh, equality, but how can it be successful for scholarship recipient in terms of equity I love that and as someone who has been trying to and will continue to do so with scholarships it's something that I've been thinking a lot about too where I do have people you know who are neurodiverse I have people with mental um, who I work with who are experiencing or have mental illness I work with people who are experiencing poverty and I have worked with some clients who are more racially diverse however even with my own background, I'm realizing there is so much more work that I need to do, as you said, to create equity and to create those brave spaces. And I think understanding that it is something that really needs to be thought about and to mm. learn and to get, say, expert help such as yourself, that, you know, it's a it's a lot to try and do on your own. I think it's great that we're all starting in the small business world to take these steps to be more inclusive. But I love that you bring up there that it's not about, you know, your intentions are great, but we still actually need to put that into practice. And so I would love to know your thoughts on how perhaps to do, you know, firstly to work through like the fear of getting it wrong, because I think a lot of us are wanting to do it right. And it's something that I think about all of the time. And I know a lot of us are wanting to do these things and perhaps realizing we may have caused more harm or discomfort. And so 
I'd love to know what you, your thoughts around this. Is it better for us to start and make mistakes and to try, or is it better for us to wait and try and get everything right? Oh gosh, never wait and try and get everything right because you're never going to get everything right. I'm going to make mistakes as well as as a DEI coach, as a DEI educator, there are things that I'm going to get wrong as well. So this is not something where um, it's about 100% getting it right. I think it's being brave enough to want to be part of the conversation and want to be part of the change where you've reached a point where you feel this doesn't sit well with me with the kind of human being I am, with the values that I have, and with the kind of business that I am running that is steeped in integrity. It doesn't sit well with me. And I want to be part of this conversation and drawing your strength from that within yourself. And a good place to begin, I often say is, consuming information in a way that feels natural for you. If you are a reader of books, then start there. For me, it's podcasts. I love podcasts just because of how accessible they are and easily ready for me to um, consume them. And I can do it while I'm driving, while I'm doing you know, different tasks around the home, whilst I'm doing my daily walk. It's so easy for me to fit that in. And so it's finding what am I already uh, consuming and how can I include this aspect that is important to me and that I can begin dipping my toe and having a little bit of understanding because even before we can begin to make changes within our business reach, it's really got to start from a personal perspective. You've really got to do that inner work. And what I often, you know, refer to in my program represented is all about doing that personal audit. Where are you at in this journey of DEI, the unconscious bias that we all have, what has shaped the beliefs and the attitudes that we have perhaps around certain people when we were growing up, what were we told about this group of people that has made us into the people that we are now, but knowing better now and going like, hang on, that wasn't a truth. That was, um, that was a dominant narrative that was told to us for some reason. And now I, I'm getting a little bit more awareness and I want to do better. I want to do things differently. And so it starts in the safety of your home, dipping your toe into uh, resources that you can consume easily. And then as you begin to do that, and you begin to do that inner work for yourself by consuming that information, it gets to a point where you now want to get a little bit deeper into the work and you want to ask questions. You, 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 you want to get more understanding. You want a guided path. And that's when I see a lot of business owners coming in and wanting to work and also wanting to be in a container, in a space with other like-minded business owners who want to have that transformation in their business, who want to be intentionally inclusive. It's not a matter of performative activism, you know, where you're just doing it because majority are the kind of posting of a black square and it ends there and we never hear anything about it. But it is really working towards how do I embed this 
into my business? How do I, as I have my business goals for 2021 or 2022, how am I going to incorporate DEI as part of my business practice? And what I'm now seeing slowly emerging, Rach, is business owners saying, how do I do this? We're coming to the end of the year. I want my 2022 to be markedly different from 2021. I was still in that growth phase or that kind of awareness phase. But how do I make sure that I am ticking off some of the things that are important to me from a DI perspective and just really having that plan that is very much tied to your small business goals as well? I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what I'm hearing is, is it's about being intentional and starts off with yourself, your values, and then you can apply it to your business and to actually seek support from experts in different fields and areas mm -hmm. to enable that transformation and to support that transformation. I know for a lot of us in the past, maybe we haven't done that or not known how to do that. And although, like you said, there has been a lot of performative conversations the last couple of years I know that I'm definitely grateful for you know business owners and experts such as yourself to you know who have been sharing all of the ways that we can do better mm -hmm. for creating programs such as yourself and while I know it's my responsibility to seek out those business owners I'm just so grateful that you have all made yourself known because it's no longer an excuse now to say I can't find I don't know. a leader which a lot of us have in the past. And I have to admit myself, you know, I've looked around and I just haven't looked hard enough. Um, mm. And I feel like now there is definitely a space, particularly an online business space where there are so many amazing business owners in all walks of life that you can be sharing, um, learning from, you know, in their spaces where they've given permission, obviously to ask those questions, like you said. What I do want to share is because I get this question a lot specifically, say if you do something and it becomes offensive or someone lets you know that it has you know upset them or isn't quite right how how should we best respond and I'm talking here specifically as a white woman and for my white female mm -hmm. listeners how how can we respond so we're not doing what some of the celebrity entrepreneurs have so kindly showed us not to do yeah um, how can we make sure we're not causing any more harm? How can we admit our biases? How can we take ownership of our mistakes and then obviously seek support to do better? That's a good one because it gets into the territory of calling in versus calling out. And I, it all obviously depends on the circumstance and what potentially has been said to cause the harm. But I have often found that those people who are less defensive and go like, I should have known better. I should have known better. Uh, I appreciate you calling me out or calling me in. And this is an area for me to look deeper into. And I apologize. I apologize. And thank you for bringing this to my attention. And um, I will do better. I will do better. I will educate myself. And, and once you do that, once you come from a place of, you know, um, retreating and not going back, you know, uh, being defensive and being fragile, should I say, and, and, and bringing in all sorts of things 
to be defensive, people back down because if somebody has already apologized and owned their mistake, you can't push them further down. And if you do, then that's just crossing another line. But once you've sincerely apologized and, you know, said that you you will do better and you will take the steps to do better, I think that says a lot. That really, truly says a lot. And so if you ever, you know, find yourself in that situation, that's a good first step to take. The next step to take, find a DI educator who can talk you through what happened, who can help you get out of that potential judgment zone, that shame zone where you're in and you're like, I am never posting anything again on social media. Find somebody who can help you walk out of that. And I have been, you know, I have known a couple of women who I have supported like that. And right now they are such activists in this work and they don't even see it as such but they are so front and center with what they are running in their spheres of influence where this work is such a priority and goes hand in hand with their business but that's because they have owned their mistake first and foremost and made a public apology and then sought you know help and education from a DEI educator and being able to come out the other side a lot, lot stronger. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as someone who's like made my own share of mistakes, I've always come from that that place to, you know, saying that I'm going to do better, to actually follow through with that action, which I think is so important. The second step you share, because I feel like a lot of us are seeing celebrity entrepreneurs and mm. those bigger people make that public apology, but they're not actually do the work and then yeah. make the same mistake. And I think we're all afraid we're going to do that. But the fact that we're having this conversation, that everyone's listening to this podcast shows that we actually are being intentional. We're being conscious in our decisions that we truly care about this. And so uh, I love everything that you share there because it, it shows that, you know, we don't often set out to be intentionally, you know, um, like you know, dis, you know, disadvantaging people, making yes. people feel upset, like not including them. We don't set out to do that, but because of the world in which we live in and like you said before, the frameworks, um, how we've been brought up, we often see the world in our own colour and it's not yes. until we start having these conversations. So I always say to my clients, um, you know, you often see things in like blue and then you start to have conversations with people and they come to you and they're only seeing the world in yellow and it's not until you have these conversations Mm -hmm. and really share those learnings and like you said and create a brave space to have these conversations that you start seeing the world in you know green now and you can only see the world in green and you start to realize where you came from and where other people are coming and I think like you said it takes a while to do that but we have to be vulnerable ourselves so to stay afraid and like I said I've been in those situations before and I know a lot of you listening want to take action but are afraid if you stay afraid you only stay seeing the world in blue and that's just not where um, you want to be so Annie would you mind sharing I know you've touched on so many amazing examples here today but for say someone um, who doesn't know a DI specialist or is not able to say work with you right in this immediate moment. And I hope that everyone checks out your program represented, but what are three to five actions that my community Mm -hmm. after listening to this episode can literally go and do like 
right now without needing someone or a program if that if they feel like that is a barrier right now all right well first and foremost find that source that speaks to you if it's a if, if you're a book reader grab a book and I will share what kind what books are good to start with if it's podcasts you know tune into that if it's more of you you're more into movies or TED talks or videos there is that that you can uh, tune into but that's a good place to start the next thing is uh, begin to look at your social media feed have a look and see how does it look like are the people who are coming up just reflecting who you look like? Because I often say you will keep attracting the same kind of people you talk to. The same kind of people you're attracting and serving will be the ones who keep coming back over and over. But if you want to serve a diverse group of people, in particular, you know, Black, Brown, Indigenous people of color, you've got to expand your network. So have a look at your social media feed and begin to see who can I connect with? Who are some people who may have even um, aligned values with me that I can begin to follow and learn from them. And we've done a lot of learning. Um, I learned so much from you, Rach, on Thank social you. media, following you on Instagram. So it's just being able to have a look through and beginning to expand your network by looking for people who don't look like you, but on topics that you're interested in. So DEI, you know, hashtag DEI, have a look through that, you know, diversity and inclusion, have a look through that see the people who are coming up and are they people who resonate with you as well and that's a good place to start and then as you begin to work on yourself personally with finding what sources resonate with you as you begin to expand your network um a good place would be, I have a free PDF guide, which is all about being um, a genuine ally and advocate for people of color. And it's 10 practical steps that you can begin to take right away that speak to a whole host of different things. And that's free and it's available and it's a good place to start. Thank you. And I'll definitely share a link to that in the show notes because something that I've learned through working with you and speaking to you is that we can take, like you said, small, simple, accessible steps, like listening to a podcast, doing a book, downloading your guide. And we don't have to let say things like time or money like stop us from taking action. I hear that a lot. And I will yeah. call out that as sometimes that is a bit of an excuse. And again, I've been there, we all have, but you know, if things such as like wanting to join a program or money, you know, is stopping you, there are so many ways that you can start to make, to make these changes. And I feel like, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier that particularly as, you know, soulful businesses, as people who care about these things, we want to change the world and we want to suddenly wake up one day and have unlearned everything to be so inclusive. And I think we need to realize that this is a lifelong journey and it's something that you always remind us obviously with kindness and compassion that and like you say you share often and I thank you for that you know that you're still unlearning and so we we're all in this journey together and so instead of saying I need to achieve x and then becoming overwhelmed because that's just simply not possible to start off simple and to really like you said embed some of these changes 
in our business so that they're sustainable and we can really show up how we want to be and to call in all of these amazing other business owners and people in our community that we want to serve, as you said, you know, in our businesses and to have these conversations so we can start to see the world differently. So to wrap up, I would love to know what do you want listeners to think, feel or do about racial inclusivity in their business? Like what is the one thing you want them to take away from this episode? That when it comes to racial equity, being inclusive, it is not somebody else's responsibility. It is actually our own individual responsibility. It's about saying that enough is enough and it ends with me because a lot of times we feel this is too big a subject. This is, this is political even. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just here over on this corner just running my small business. I mean, this doesn't affect me or I don't want it to affect me and my clients. But the truth is we live in a world that caters or has people from all sorts of different backgrounds, people who are different colors and shapes. And in order for us to operate from a heart-led place, we need to be able to cater to different people. And so we can't be silent about this because it's not a political issue, it's actually a human issue. And so know that within yourself, you have the power and the authority to address this. And it can start with as little as simply educating yourself in the safety and confines of your home. It doesn't have to be difficult. And most importantly, is that this work can be done with grace. This work can be done with kindness and with love. It's not all about being called out. It's not all about operating with fear and making mistakes and potentially causing harm. This work can truly be done in such a mindful way that connects us as human beings and allows us to see each other for truly who we are. This work can be done in a way that brings about love. Oh, thank you so much. Annie, you're always so amazing to listen to. Like, I think I could listen to you for hours and hours. So thank you so much for calling us in with love and for sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I'm forever grateful for the work that you're doing in the program presented that you created. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Rach. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.